Welcome to Doctrine and Devotion, the podcast that explores Christian faith and practice from a Reformed Baptist perspective. My name is Joe Thorne. I'm the lead pastor of Redeemer Fellowship in St. Charles, Illinois. And I'm Jerry Fowler, executive pastor at Redeemer Fellowship. Did you hear that interview with Jared Wilson? Uh, it's like the best interview. Well, it, it, it's going to drop tomorrow. But did you hear it already? I, well, yeah, I was you, there. Yeah. That was the best Jared Wilson interview ever. Oh, well, first of all, obviously, yeah. because that was the first Jared Wilson interview with the Jofo. Yeah, that was a good interview. I uh, mean, all he usually has is Ronnie. Yeah, without Ronnie, people think that Jared can't, you know, basically Jerry, Jared carries Ronnie's water, right? That's that's what most people think, right? Well, no, what pe- most people know. Yeah, yeah that they know that. But turns out. Oh, it, it, it's been Ronnie carrying Jared's, Jared's water. Gatorade. Gatorade. Yeah. <laughs> I think Jared drinks milk. Jared drinks I think milk? Jared, I think Jared drink, is, a, is a grown adult man who drinks milk. Uh, you know what? He strikes I can see me as that, that kind like of at guy. night. He's like, yeah, I'm getting ready for bed. Oh, Warm glass of milk. Becky, can Becky, you heat up some milk for me? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, we had we had a great time with Jared on the. <laughs> well, hold on, and like yeah. with a bowl of corn nuts. Ew! Exactly. Yes, that's yes. Jared. Okay, that's Jared. Jared. Warm milk and corn nuts <gasps> that he wants warmed. You know what? We need to send him milk and corn nuts. Mil- everybody, hey, listen. <laughs> everybody, send Jared Wilson some milk and corn nuts. Uh, mm-hmm. For uh, send him some, uh, you know, some photos online. Just keep yeah. tagging him. Milk and corn nuts. Jared listen. C. Wilson. Mm-hmm. At All right, Jared dude. C. Wilson. <laughs> so we had him on, and uh, it's going to be on for our All Access members. But we'll get a clip out there for you guys to hear because it's really, yeah, really, really, good, really good. Oh my goodness. You know where uh, you know where my wife is today? Where's she at? Well, she is at a Brazilian jiu-jitsu competition. Ooh, now is she watching or competing? She is competing. <gasps> no, she's you? not. No, oh, she's I was not. say, why aren't you <laughs> there? She, no, it, I was like, what is wrong with you? If she was competing, I would not be allowed. I was to like, say, maybe you need to listen to the clip of Jared talking about gospel and marriage. Yeah, yeah. If I don't, she could. Be. No, she's actually supporting her. Um, what do you call them? I don't know. The, the jiu-jitsu Sensei? teammates? No, the, 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 her, the I don't know, teammates? The, is it Do- a team? dojo? Yeah, I don't know. Anyways, her, some of the students. Her triad? Some, some, some of the students in her, um, in her jiu-jitsu Cohort. class, I don't know what you call it, are competing. And Pod. so she's there supporting that. So, yeah, pretty cool well, stuff. That's nice. All right. Yeah. That's good. Now, when is she? Go- well. No, she won't. She won't talk about it. Okay, well then, I, she, so that means I can't talk about it. Yeah, no, she won't talk about it. And if when people ask her, she's like, "Nah, I'm not going to compete." I hope she does, uh, because I think that would be super hot. Is <laughs> it <laughs> super hot? What is what? What? Uh, yeah, man. Okay. Yeah, that's okay. cool. Uh, you know, I mean, I'm just glad she's found a hobby that she enjoys. Yeah, and it's you know beneficial for health. It's self defense. Self defense. She protects me now. Yeah, well, I don't have to worry always, about anything. She always protected you. No. You couldn't protect no. yourself. Jen had olive oil arms. Jen had like noodle arms, mm. no strength mm. in them whatsoever. Mm. Now she's in full beast mode. Full beast scary, mode. Scary, scary stuff. How many times does she choke you out in the week? Uh, not that many. <laughs> <laughs> what constitutes not well, that many? I, yeah, I've never gone out. Let's just say that. I've never. <laughs> you you she, tap before? Yeah, well, she reminds me to tap. She tells me, you better tap before I pass out. And then I remember, oh, yeah. Oh, you better. This tapping is not something I'm used to doing. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. How you doing, man? I'm doing well. Was it a, was it a good weekend for you? Uh, it's going to be a restful one. Hmm. It's going to be a restful one. Yeah. 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 I mean, it's Saturday when we're recording, so yeah. just getting into it. Had a good night last night with the family. And cool. I think tonight. Yeah. I'm trying to think. Well, what are you saying? Is tonight your night? Tonight we're going to. What? <laughs> is tonight your night, bro? <laughs> it took me a moment to, to figure out the reference. 
yeah, just trying to figure out what we're going to do. Cool. But, yeah, going to be a nice time with the family. We had a nice meeting today. The elders met with uh, some ministry stakeholders mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. talking to them and trying to get their input and their thoughts on ministry and all that. It was mm-hmm. really good. I'm excited Fantastic. about what God's going to be it. doing there. Good day. And now we just get to hang out, sun's shining. Yeah, you know? but no, well, you still got to finish up. Yeah, I know. I, you got to finish yeah, up. Yeah. You're just about there. My sermon is basically done, but- It we, is done. You can go preach it. I could preach it, but it wouldn't <gasps> oh, be Oh, you reprimanded me last week for right. saying the exact same thing. Yeah. So oh, yeah. It'd be, be disjointed. Well, it makes no sense. You know what the difference is? Oh, don't you dare. You're you and I'm me. That's the wow. difference. Wow. Yeah. Arrogance. Yeah. yeah. No, no, no. The difference you need, you need is amateur back, professional. No, That's no, the you difference. You need to go back and, you know what? Why don't you read Jared's book? Gospel yeah, Driven. Yeah, yeah, you need to yeah. read it again oh, yeah. because uh, yeah. you seem to have that arrogance that uh, nope. he pushes against. No, only with you, though. You're only arrogant <laughs> with me. That's right. <laughs> no, so we do this thing where um, we want all of our sermons to have a sermon summary mm-hmm. or a sermon in a sentence where it is uh, is a simple statement. It is the thrust of the sermon that we want everybody to kind of know, okay, this is what it's about. This is where we're going. So everything's going to connect to that. So whether you have three points or five points or seven points, I've had 12 points in a sermon before, whatever you have, uh, it doesn't really matter. It's all going to funnel to that one thing. And I have the idea in general, mm-hmm. but it's not worded well yet. Give me a couple of hours oh, from yeah, now and It'll be done. You'll be done. You'll be done pretty quick here. Well, what are we doing today, Jim? So for now, we're going to be continuing mm-hmm. with the uh, Baptist Catechism. That's right. Question 40 Ooh. says this. What benefits do believers receive from Christ at their death? The souls of believers are in their death made perfect in holiness and do immediately pass into glory. And their bodies being still united to Christ do rest in their graves till the resurrection. Death. Ooh. Death is, for some people, super scary. Yeah, Uh, it's depressing. Obviously, there is always a sense of sadness with it. Right. Um, We just lost a a brother in Christ recently. But there are benefits that we receive from Christ, even at the very moment of our death. And I think that this is something that a lot of Christians struggle with because, well, maybe let me ask you. Yeah, wait, why do they struggle with it? I think most Christians know we're supposed to look forward to what awaits us after death or upon death, but I think a lot of Christians are still afraid and have a hard time embracing these benefits now. You know, I I think a lot of Christians have a hard time getting to that place where Paul's like, hey man, I want to go, but it's Mm. better for me to stay right now, to live as Christ, to die as gain. Like it's, you know, like I, either way. Like like it's it's almost uh, like, like a hollow, come Lord Jesus, come. Yeah, like we know that we're supposed to say that sort yeah. of thing. Like, I, I know there was a time as a young believer, I was like, no, it'd be great if Jesus came, but I want to have a wife. Yeah. Like it'd be great if Jesus came, but I want to have kids, right? Yeah. And like, and, and even now I'm like, eh, you know, I'd love if you came, but I kind of want to see grandkids. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like you want, like, and so, I mean, that all that's very selfish and self-centered on me. Um, but you're right. I think for a lot of people, Maybe, maybe, okay, I think there's a couple categories here. There's some people that they want to experience, I guess, a, uh, for lack of a better phrase, a fullness of life. Yeah. Right? They want to experience all these things. Good things. Good things. And there has been a part of me that's been like, I want to experience the resurrection of the dead. You want to see it happen. I, I, I No, no, no. I want. Oh, so you want to die and then be raised I, that's up. That's it. I okay. want to experience that. So I want to see it. 
This is the, I want uh, So you die first. I will watch you rest. That's it. That's okay. that's what I want. Right. That's our compromise. That's our compromise. I want to be like, Kwacha! yeah, you know. And I I I did, I did jazz hands there, and I don't know yeah. why. You're gonna be the slowest resurrection. I'm gonna all, saunter. You're gonna saunter. I'm gonna all saunter all the way my up way. to Jesus. <laughs> Everyone's gonna be waiting around like we're all up here, Jimmy. Come I'm on. on my way, Lord. <laughs> I'm enjoying this. <laughs> Taking my time. But like, so I think there's there's that category. But I think the category you're referencing is a category of fear. Mm -hmm. Right. Uh, because of the unknown, maybe not quite sure of the hope. They've heard the hope, but have they yeah. embraced the hope uh, and and trusted in the hope that we have in the gospel as yeah. completely fulfilling uh, and true? Yeah. And I think, you know, even balancing the hope. Right. Because I know people who say, like, well, I, of course, I, I, I want to be with the Lord. I want Christ to come back or I want to die. But I want my parents to trust in Christ first, you know, mm -hmm. or, you know, uh, so like, I don't want to leave them without, you know, me being here to help. And so I get that there, there's tension there, right? Like even Paul said, Hey, for me to stay here is good because I get to help. I get to serve. I get yeah. to do these yeah, things. Yeah, yeah. But what this catechetical question and answer does for us is it helps us to, to see again, that there are benefits that there are graces that we receive at the point of death. And this should be an encouragement to us. And what I have found is that the people that actually do embrace these benefits that come with death before they die, the people that actually are legitimately looking forward to that are those that hate their sin. They really feel like they're the, the struggle of yeah. corruption. They they hate oppression and injustice, mm -hmm. suffering and affliction and wickedness. Whether that's something that they are, are really feeling or somebody else is really feeling, they're sensitive to those things. And so this this answer I think is good and it, it, it should be a good reminder to us and maybe not just a reminder but something that moves us to, to look forward mm -hmm. to the benefits of death while still recognizing, well, death is still a curse. Death isn't a good thing in and of itself, yeah, but God yeah. uses that. So what is the first benefit then? Like when we talk about there's a benefit when it comes to a believer's right, death. Right, right. And that's then life insurance. Yes. Life insurance <laughs> is an awesome benefit that you leave behind if you care for your family. <laughs> yes. And? Yes. Oh, and uh, you're made perfect in holiness. Ah, your soul there we go. Okay. is made perfect in, in holiness. Which is interesting. Like what you just said, people uh, who hate their sin right. then receive that benefit of being made perfect in in holiness right if you're frustrated with your weak pathetic crybaby complaining attitude with you know your 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 weak half-hearted attempts to stave off sin <laughs> right i'm talking about myself here mm. um and when you think about what's going to happen the moment you die you are set free from those sins it says it in hebrews chapter 12 right um that uh, and to the assembly of the firstborn who are enrolled in heaven and to God, the judge of all into the spirits of the righteous made perfect. Right. It's a, there is a, to um, to be in the presence of the Lord is to, in a sense, be liberated from the corruptions of the flesh. And now we're not totally whole because we don't have our bodies yet, but we are at least liberated from that. And that is something that should greatly appeal to us. Paul hates his sin. You read that mm -hmm. in Romans 7, right? Yeah. He hates his sin. And so he longs for this freedom that comes. I think that's why Paul, part of the reason why Paul is where he's at. So yeah, people that are repenters, people who hate their sin, people who mourn their sin, those are the people who understand the grace that comes with death. And then secondly, 
we immediately pass into glory. Wait, you don't got to wait. Ah, see that, that. I mean, that's that's one of the things for mm-hmm. uh, for us. I mean, as, as a growing up Catholic, mm-hmm. right? There was that sense of, well, hold on. There's going to be this like literally hold on, literally hold on. <laughs> Please hold, hold. <laughs> we're waiting for more prayers on your behalf. Yeah, uh, we're waiting for some donations, no donations to come, come in. in. Yeah, but no, we immediately pass then into glory. Mm-hmm. And Second uh, Corinthians five six. So we are. So we are always of good courage. We know that while we are at home in the body, we are away for the Lord. So right. the sense being like we're going to when we do immediately pass into glory, then we will be back with the Lord where we do belong. Right. Yeah. To be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. You're there mm-hmm. like there. You don't have to wait. Christ has already done all the work. He died for sinners. He paid the penalty. There is no there is no limbo. There is no waiting. Yeah. There is no purgatory. There is no more work to be done. You know, this is why yeah, Jesus no working off your sins, right? No, Jesus did that, right? He did that for us. This is why he told the thief, today you're going to be with me in paradise. You're not going to miss a beat, right? Your life's going to, you're going to give up your life now. You're going to give up your ghost now. And then boom, we're together. Yeah. And again, this is liberating, especially when you consider it in the context of other religions or you could call them variations of Christianity even, but you know, where, where this theology goes wonky, there is what comfort is there in knowing like, Oh, I'm going to die. And then maybe if I, if I work hard enough in the after in this middle life, I'll be able to get in. Or what about some of those individuals that like you look at uh, the 144,000, right? Yeah. Uh, That I got to somehow work my way now in the hopes that I bump one of them out. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And the reality is, look, we know you, you were picked last (laughs) <laughs> in sports okay you were the last one chosen for your kickball team mm-hmm. in junior high you're not going to get into the 144 if you're looking at it like that um i i, I think that there is uh, a great discouragement that comes with a bad theology of death and the afterlife and even just these small subtle things like soul sleep or whatever these things they wind up corrupting the hope and the joy that we do have to be absent from the body present with the lord Right, mm-hmm. we're made perfect in holiness. I mean, we our our souls are are purged and cleansed, and, and and we are now free. I mean, this is hope, and we need it because death is a curse. Yeah, death. Look, death sucks. Right, death is horrible. Like it's a it, it's it's a consequence of sin. It's not a, it's not a positive thing, and yet Jesus like suffered that curse for us, so that when we die, we don't perish. Like we. We roll into glory. I mean, that's what it says, right? Mm-hmm. And says, and their bodies being still united to Christ. What does that mean? Okay, so there, our our union with Christ is a union of our person, right? So it's body and soul, or body and spirit. We are united to Jesus, and so to be who we are requires body and spirit. Mm-hmm. Um, which is why a lot of theologians, you know, do emphasize the the, the struggle with being disembodied. Uh, it's it's the, called the intermediate state because it's not forever. You your body is in the ground, your spirit is with the Lord, and that's not the end. Because for you to be fully you, you need body and spirit. So the old dispensational trope of well, that body is just a flesh suit you're wearing. That's not who you are. The real you is on the inside. Like, well, it's the real you is the whole you. Like, you know. Yeah. This is why a lot of people actually say like, well, in the resurrection, you're probably going to be pretty recognizable. <laughs> you're probably gonna you're probably gonna look like you in a lot of ways. So I'm not gonna get tall. Maybe 
Maybe I'll be taller than Owen Strayan. Oh, stop. Maybe. Stop. Why? No, I'm going to be shorter than Owen then, just like I am now, probably, mm-hmm. right? If there's any kind of thing like that. So I think, I think the point here is that when we die, there's a separation between body and spirit, but bodies are still united to Christ and they rest in their graves until the resurrection. So the point is that while we are disembodied and we are in glory and with the Lord, we know that that is temporal and we are now waiting. So there is a waiting, a holding, but not to be with the Lord, but to be back with our bodies Mm. in glory so that now we can enjoy God and paradise fully, right? You can you can feel the the wind and smell the flowers and eat the food and and you know hug your brother or your sister or whatever right like this, everything comes back together at the resurrection but there's this whole idea of like until then the body rests in the grave mm. which is like a lot of people our whole concept of burial like I do a, I've done a ton of funerals over the years and pretty much all of the funerals uh, follow certain protocols where the, the heads are are facing a, a particular direction. Um, all of them universally uh, throughout the graveyard. Um, they're, uh, they they have set things up largely based on Christian sort of practices and ideas and principles. And so burial, which has been the norm for a long time, uh, is seen by many Christians to be an essential thing. Like you need to be buried, meaning no, yeah, no cremation cannot be cremated. Um, and which, so I, you know, I, I talk to these funeral directors a lot and they're like, yeah, more and more people are doing the cremation thing, which again, they, they aren't, they aren't being gross about it. We're talking like shop, uh, but they'll say like, yeah, that's a, that, that's a much cheaper option for people. So like if they don't have money or don't want to spend the money, they'll do the cremation route and then, you know, mm-hmm. put, you know, they, 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 you can still bury those ashes, um, but most people take them home, put them in an urn or something like that. But there are Christians out there that think that that's wrong. You should not be burned. Can't do that. What do you think, Jimmy? You think it's wrong for a Christian to be cremated? No. <gasps> what, Jimmy? What? I'm just. We're supposed to be buried. <laughs> we're supposed to be. You just said the whole thing is being buried. How are you can be raised if you're just a bunch of gray rocks? Well, hold on. Then yeah. the same thing would be said. Mm-hmm. Uh, the flesh is now all gone of the body. Yeah. So the bones. The flesh goes on the bones. Flesh go, it's just gonna it's just gonna reanimate. Yeah, like in Hellraiser. Yeah. Oh my goodness. <laughs> I saw it moving back in the 80s. Okay. No, people beat like listen, and I get it. I, I totally get it. Jimmy and I are on the same page. Um cremation may not be for me, but um it, 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 but neither is open casket, by the way. I don't I'm not doing that. I don't do an open casket thing. No, never mind. I'm sorry. I was going to be really rude about yeah, it. Nobody, nobody wants to see me now. <laughs> I was like, you know what? It's really disrespectful. I'm going to let it go. <laughs> no, Jen and I both are like, you know what? I don't, we don't, we just want to. It was interesting because, you know, we just did a funeral for a friend and um, it was open casket, but only for the family. And then once the service started, the casket mm-hmm, was closed. Mm-hmm. We just wanted to keep it like that. And then obviously you can do it however you want. So, um, yeah, look, the truth is, is uh, everybody turns to dust. Like bones don't last forever, yeah. You know, unless they're fossilized in some you know strange sort of situation, then they last a long, long, long time. But everybody's bones turn to dust. People that are burned up in 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 fires don't exist anymore. Like the, God will resurrect your body. Well, and you might be asking, like, well, how's He going to do that if there's nothing left? It's all dust and blown to the wind. It's God. Yeah, it's God. Like I don't have. I spoke. And nothing became something. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I know. So, okay. So the molecules, like uh, everything breaks down in the circle of life and Simba and the, now your flowers. Like, I don't know how to. 
uh, God brings you back together somehow. And that's the miracle. You don't explain the miracle. You believe the miracle. So, um, yeah, I, it, you know, I, all of my, my whole family, uh, my, my parents and grandparents, they all preferred and wanted or want cremation. And I don't think that they're sinning. I don't think any of our listeners are sinning if they, if they do that. Um, I don't think one option is morally better than the other. Mm-hmm. I think it's just, you know, it's one way to go. But the main thing is, is as we're facing death, the question is, is like, do we have hope as we face death? Is it, is it, is this the end or, um, can we rejoice when a brother or a sister in Christ dies? Is it appropriate to mourn? Can you mourn and rejoice at the same time? How, how, how would you in general encourage Christians who are walking through the loss mm-hmm. of a Christian brother or sister, whether that's their, their father or their wife or their friend or their neighbor, if this is a Christian who has died, do they mourn? Or do they rejoice? Yes, that's right. Yeah, I mean, I think it, it's it's absolutely both. You know, uh, you are mourning their loss. You you are mourning that they are not here right now with you. Yeah, you are mourning because you do love the individual, uh, and there's nothing wrong with mourning. And at the same time, there's nothing wrong with mourning and celebrating, knowing that the hope that they have yeah. that they are with the Lord right now. And for a lot of individuals, maybe there was. Uh, uh, physical suffering. Yeah. They are they are now relieved of that. Mm-hmm. Praise God. That doesn't diminish your, and that doesn't mean to then not mourn their yeah. loss. You've lost someone, yeah. so you will mourn. Yeah, they've gained something. Yeah, that's that's it, right? And so there's nothing. I, I, to me, there's nothing wrong with that. Uh, I think though that that sense of mourning and celebrating should really put the onus that that should be yet another reminder for us of the importance of preaching the gospel. Right. Because we are able to celebrate uh, the life of the believer ending here, and yet they are with their Lord now. Yeah. What about those that do not have that hope? Oh, it's dark. It's just all it is is mourning. All it is is mourning. And yes, you could celebrate the impact that they've had on you, but you're not able to celebrate the hope of the gospel in their life. Right. And so, Think of those those family members, those siblings, those children, those parents, those aunt and uncles, those friends, those peers that you love and you care for who do not have that hope. That should push you even more yeah. to to want to be sharing the gospel with them and to not be so timid about it. Yeah, because you never know when their time's going to come and right. you'll never know when you'll be taken out. God may be placing you there to present the gospel to them. Uh, and that the spirit of God will change their heart, that they would embrace and that you could both celebrate the hope of the gospel together. Yeah. You know who my favorite atheist is? Uh, Pendulet. Ooh, not quite, but very close. Oh, I'm willing to bet that this might be your favorite atheist too. Once I say the name, I right, go ahead. Ricky Gervais. You know what? Ricky Gervais is, <laughs> he's my jam. He's he, is jam. My, he is my jam. Ricky is <laughs> super funny. Ricky is, I am in line with him. He Ricky. can act. He's funny. Uh, he doesn't care. No. He will insult everybody. Nope. Everybody. Hollywood, don't care. Don't care. Um, but you know, I, I listen to, and Ricky, he's very open. He talks a lot about God and religion. Yeah. And I mean, even, he, has a, he has a whole show that I love. It's a great show. It's a great show. Yeah. You know, essentially like, 
He's a widower. Yeah, he's a widower. I love that show. It's and like, he's an there atheist. is no hope. He's like, yeah, he's like, an atheist. Like, there is no hope there. So he's, he's dealing with the mourning of the loss now. And one of the things that he says is, even in the first season of that show, it's a great is show. he says, look, um, I make the most of this life because I don't believe there is anything after it. It makes this life more precious. It makes this life more valuable because I can't go, oh, this is a trial run. I got something in the future. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I can appreciate where he's coming from. I can I can totally appreciate that because there are Christians who have sort of disconnected from this world. We see yeah. this in Thessalonians who have disconnected from this world because they oh I got it. You know Jesus is coming. I don't back. need to work. I ain't worry about this. Pack place. up my bags. I'm going to sit by the, yeah. the the sidewalk. I'm gonna chill right here. Wait here for we go. Jesus. Come, Lord um, Jesus, come. And so there's a sense Almost in like which, Jesus is an Uber that you called. Yeah, just like yeah, just a big divine Uber. <laughs> um, and and it's like so okay. Yes, we need to value and maximize this life, the life that God has given us, because he has given it to us to steward and to make the most of. What, what, I, what they don't see and what they miss out on is that this life is not a trial run, but it is a path to the next. And what is next is bigger. It is, yeah. it is forever. And I, it breaks my heart to know that the only hope that an atheist has is a hope in this life, a hope in this world. Um, and so there is something, there are things to enjoy and to benefit from, but if you miss out on God in Christ reconciling sinners to himself, then even this world loses its beauty and its glory. There is something, there are some many things to enjoy and to benefit from and to rejoice in, but apart from God, it all leads to nothing. And that's the the, the, the best case scenario. It ultimately can lead to condemnation it will lead to those who don't believe to condemnation and this is why i think your whole point of you know death should move us to mourn and rejoice and that should spur us on to a joyful invitation of others to look to jesus mm. you know like I, I want people to believe in christ i want people to be reconciled to god i want people to have a hope that goes beyond this world into the next because what we've all seen is that this world for all of its beauty is really hard mm -hmm. and there is a lot of pain and a lot of darkness and a lot of affliction and the answer to all of it is found in the gospel hey you know what jared's talking about that tomorrow maybe our all access members will get in on it well we'd love to hear your thoughts you could follow us online on instagram and twitter at doc and devo or on facebook slash doctrine and devotion you can head to the website drvotion.com they can contact us you can sign up for the email blast or go to the store joefostore.com and grab some gear fresh pot every monday and thursday we got blog posts and video content over at the website at the All website over there. At the website. You know, the website. You know, doctordevotion.com. .com. But if you hit slash all access, mm -hmm. you can get on some exclusive content. You know what they get if they go to all access? Uh, weekday wisdom and banter of truth. They get all access. They get all access. Mm -hmm. Later.